WATD presents The People's Truth, a show dedicated to bringing communities together and keeping the truth alive. Join us each week as we shine the light of justice on topics, people, and local businesses that highlight the real people's truth. Here is your host, Benny Rabbi. Good Monday evening to one and to all. Welcome, welcome to 95.9 FM WATD's The People's Truth. I'm your host, Benny Rabbi, and what a show do we have lined up for you folks tonight. A huge decision was reached earlier today, and the Ferry and Green Line service, at least in the Hingham Hall and Situate Cohasset area, are safe to live another night. Welcome, folks, and as I said, Benny Rabbi, your host here, The People's Truth, heard only here on Monday nights at 9 o'clock, 959 WATD. We are available on Spotify as well. You can catch all of our past episodes available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and all other major streaming platforms. Folks, it was a heck of a last two weeks on this one. I will say this. Save the Greenbush, Save the Boat has been the mon in the Cohasset, Hingham, Hull, and Situate area for quite some time now, ever since the Fiscal Management Board for the MBTA said, hey, we have some money we need to save somewhere. And well, they made their decisions. The people said it, heard it and said, no, 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 hold on a second. And then the story unfolded. Folks, I do want to introduce, we have two guests with us tonight. The first one I'm going to introduce right now. She is joining us after a tough day of in-house deliberations. She was part of this whole process. She has graciously joined us here tonight on The People's Truth. I would like to introduce now Miss Jennifer Constable, the chairwoman of the whole board of selectmen. Welcome so much, chairwoman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Benny. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. It's our pleasure. Obviously, the folks want to hear it's a joyous day. We kind of won something today, and that was something that not a lot of folks expected, as I'm sure you uh, found out the hard way. So please tell me, how does it feel today knowing that this meeting is over and that what the people wanted reigned supreme today? Yeah, truthfully, you know, it feels it feels kind of victorious. Um we're real. There was this was a great collaboration with our neighboring communities, Hingham, Hull, Cohasset, Situate. But the number of um, gra- the amount of grassroots effort and the public engagement from our residents and commuters and tourists and visitors to the region were, was just outstanding. So you know we're really really proud of the effort um, and for all of their advocacy and input on this. And I really think you know that's what. The T listened, um, and they were they were transparent about listening, particularly at today's hearing, and they the public really helped um, the leadership move the dial on this one, and and like you said, the ferry, um, Greenbush line, and the Hull's very important 714 bus route lives on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very important pieces to the in and out life of Hull, obviously, not too many ways in or off of that one. Uh, so everyone is just so excited to see that, like you said, it's a victory. Uh, and I'm not sure what it'll mean for the MBTA moving forward on their uh, where they're going to move their cost-cutting measures next. But it sounds like for now, it's resolved and everything is A-OK. Can you speak to just how it felt to have such overwhelming support, not only from the people backing you, but then you had Representative Joe Moschino, Senator Patrick O'Connor come in, and so many others that just really backed this project. Can you speak a little bit to that? 
Yeah, we had tremendous support and, and leadership, quite honestly, um, from Representative Ms. Joan Moschino and Senator uh, Patrick O'Connor. We also had Peter Foreman from the South Shore Chamber um, help lead the charge on this effort. And I think, you know, the collective voices from the grassroots to municipal leadership to state leadership really resounded with the T leadership. And they heard the challenges that we would have faced, Hull in particular, um, you know, the initial proposal proposed cutting off all public service to Hull. And that just simply wasn't acceptable. Um, we think we were clear and informative to the T leadership about what the impacts were should those original changes have gone forward. Um, and like, you know, again, we we have we have saved the, the 714 and the ferry from complete elimination. We will have to deal with some service cuts going forward. Um, but even that, the T leadership, the Fiscal Management Control Board today even voted, amended their vote to reassess the ridership this March as opposed to this summer. Um, to see, you know, who is returning and, and do they need to make adjustments to the schedules and, and the degree of service by the end of this fiscal year. And so that, you know, that too speaks volumes. Absolutely. And as you said, that bus line is so critical to the folks in and out and not only folks that are working in the medical industry, but not every job is out by midnight. And, uh, you know, I'm a, a former employee of the ferry myself, uh, the Hingham Ferry specifically, uh, back in the early 2010s. And uh, it's it's an interesting way to see it because it really is such a unique thing to be able to have not only that bus line in and out, but the ferry going to Boston. It's iconic, wouldn't you agree? Oh, it absolutely is. You know, I don't I don't know. I think one of the upshots to or the opportunities that came from this potential crisis was that it really shed a light on who and how many people utilize the ferry, um, as well as the 714 bus. You know, Hull and the region has seen a great, uh, great degree of um, development over the past couple of years. And if we were to lose those two modes of public transportation, it would have really been devastating to our businesses. Um, and not only the businesses that in on the South Shore, but, you know, those at the other end of the ferry run um, in Boston, Faneuil Hall, everyone right now is taking a tremendous hit due to the pandemic. Um, that ferry is critical to this region um, and, and continuing to support its continued growth over the next couple of years. So we'll continue, you know, it's, it's while it's a victory, it's also going to be something that we're going to continue to advocate for until we really clear the path of this pandemic and see, you know, who returns to the workplace make sure we support our tourists both on the South Shore and in Boston. And one way to do that is by the ferry. The ferry achieves all that, you know, people have worked really hard for. I know uh, Rhett Moschino is, is a um, an zero environmental advocate. Um, the ferry is sustainable. It's reliable and we cannot afford to lose it. Well said, uh, and that's exactly why I wanted to invite you on here tonight, because nobody's going to say it better than the folks who live here, know the area, and know how important these things are to the people here. And that's what we do on this show. We bring communities together when we keep the truth alive. And I couldn't think of a better truth than the ferry here, not only the, the Hingham Hull line, but unfortunately also we, we did lose the Plymouth ferry. That one did not make the cut. It is a temporary closure on that side, correct? Yeah, our understanding is that anything that was cut is temporary. 
Um, I know, unfortunately, Charlestown also lost the ferry for the moment, but that's one of the things we'll continue to advocate for is, you know, restoring any services that were or that were eliminated right now and hold the T to what they have been declaring for the past two weeks is that these are not complete service eliminations. They're just temporary. Um, all the ferries and all the transportation system are important to, you know, each of us who utilize it and we're kind of in this together. And so we'll continue the work going forward. Absolutely. And uh, before we let you go, did uh, I just didn't see this in the report myself. Did they say how long this agreement would be for? When's the next time that they plan on meeting about anything to do with this? Are we talking far off future, a couple of years, or are we revisiting this in uh, a couple of months? Yeah, so one of the amendments to the to the, today's vote was that the T would revisit in March of this, of 2021, um, to do an assessment of when of, how, of who's returning to um, public transportation and to do an assessment of whether or not they need to increase the the reduced services um, or not, as opposed to waiting to the fall or the summer. And originally, I'm not sure there really was a clear path on reinstating services, which was something that uh, many of us advocated very hard uh, for because it just would have really, you know, would have left it open to elimination being just that eliminated you know services get lost and um not paid attention to but in fact the t is vowed to to do their first reassessment or take a look at least at the service returns um this march at least that much and uh you know until march it looks like everyone's just gonna have to stand pat and just make sure we're ready to go when that time comes because this fight was a heck of an effort, and uh, as it was said in the meeting at the very end, it was a wonderful showing by the people, literally for the people, and it came out on top. So we're just so happy to see the, uh, the result that everybody wanted to see, and obviously a great program can continue. Uh, now, uh, Mr. Chairwoman, is there any information you'd like to give out any, uh, anywhere anyone can get more information on how to stay ready, stay in this conversation, so when March comes back around, around you'll know where they are and they'll know where you are yeah save the ferry um and representative moschino had set up great websites i expect and you know will encourage uh, both to continue the to keep their websites up so that we can continue um to get information to the communities as it evolves because this will be an evolving um situation hopefully hopefully there's only store um, service restoration and no more <laughs> Um, service reductions, but we, and I know locally, um, each community will continue to keep their residents and businesses up to speed on any changes or any additional public hearings that they should be aware of. Wonderful. Any last information you'd like to give out to the people before we let you go? That is all. Thank you also to WATD for your coverage. I think that was important in keeping everybody informed um, as the situation evolved. And other than that, thank you. I know I leave you in good hands with uh, Mr. Craig Wolf. Absolutely, we do have him. And uh, Ms. Chairwoman, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was Chairwoman Jennifer Constable of the Hull Board of Selectmen. And we are gonna come up on our first break here, so we will step aside. Thank you again so much to Chairwoman Constable for joining us. You're listening to 95.9 FM WATD. Coming up on the phone, Craig Wolfie. And another special guest standing by. We'll be right back with more Don't Touch That Dial.
Are you a veteran or about to become one? Do you have a family member or a friend who is a veteran? I'm Greg Brasso, host of Veterans Voice Radio here on 95.9 WATD. The show is dedicated to helping veterans and active members of the military learn about and apply for benefits and programs they have qualified for and certainly earned. Brought to you in part by U.S. Family Health Plan, Brennan's Smoke Shop, and Sullivan Tire. Join Veterans Voice Radio this Thursday from 7 to 8 here at 95.9 WATD. Welcome back. Betty Rabbi here with you on the People's Truth, 95.9 FM, WATD. Speaking of Greg Brasso and Veterans Voice, which, by the way, if you have not caught that yet somehow in the last six years, I highly recommend it. Thursday night, 7 o'clock. No better way to get up to speed on all things happening in the veteran community. And our next guest, no shortage of that either. I'd love to welcome to the program for the very first time here, Mr. Craig Wolfie of the American Red Cross, the town of Hull. General good guy all around and the man with the plan. How's it going, bud? Uh, really good. Where's Wolfie? So we've been tracing him all morning, all afternoon. Now we're tracking him all night. That's right. You never know where Wolfie's going to pop up next. He, uh, he's kind of like Waldo, but Waldo wishes he had the wheels you have, buddy. Yeah, we we keep it rolling. And I took a lie detector test before I came on the show. I passed it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, though, buddy. I can't imagine Wolfie telling a lie, folks. Of all, folks, if you know Wolfie, you know him out in the community. It just doesn't work that way. Nah. So, so um, a little bit of history on the on the on the commuter boat is um, I started going on that in probably 1970 or so. And um, when I was a kid, in the summer we used to take our own speedboat to work. And um, when business got a little bit better, then my dad uh, went to work with us. I water skied home from work. You'd and then in the winter, we took the commuter boat, and the first boat was, I'm not sure, like the Vinian Haven Ferry, an old wooden boat that kind of ducked into it and went down below. And then um, we started out as the Mass Bay Lines with the Spence, and those were the old just monohulls, the um, Nantascot and the um, New Boston. Yeah. And the, the kids now that were just instrumental in... Um, the Save the Ferry campaign was my son and his husband, my son Chad and his husband Jason, and then also Dennis Zaya, um, Hull starts. And, and my three kids came to work with me on the boat, and they had their diapers changed on the boat, and they grew up on the boat, and there's the irony. They're part of the crew that helped save the boat. <laughs> Go figure. It's pretty cool. And, um, you know, my Susan actually worked on the bartenders on the boats, and and Tommy, who who does the um, Dr. Joe show and the Veterans Voice, he's a deckhand on the boat. I'm a so, former deckhand as well. That's how uh, yeah. close this circle is. Yeah, it's really a close circle. It's really incredible. And the, and some of the DEM um, police, Phil McCann and Johnny Camo and all those guys, we played hockey together. We were on the boats together. We saved lives together. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Here's a fun story. On the first commuter boat to Hingham, um, we're involved politically, Dukakis and that whole crew are on the boat, and I got invited on the tail end of that. And the captain says, well, Craig Wolf, please report to the bridge. And I'm thinking, boy, am I special. The governor's on there and the mayor and the Duke of Earl, and no one gets to report to the bridge. And I started <laughs> up to the bridge all full of myself, thinking, boy, am I special. And it was Johnny Camo with the, the um, Department of Environmental Police, and he says, 
We're looking for a body. You got starboard watch. <laughs> <laughs> not, not exactly what you were bargaining for, but I guess that's what you got. I was thinking Japan, caviar. I wasn't thinking for rescue. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then um, we, we were actually, the commuter boat ran during the blizzard of 78. And um, I was on the radar of that with Captain Norm Rogers. We brought the boat in and out during that blizzard. It was uh, a lot more exciting than, I, than we had thought it was going to be. <laughs> Kidding me on. That must have been quite an experience, Wolfie. That really was. You know, at the point we were just trying to make it back safe and didn't think much of it. And, and um, you know, sometimes there's some good stories about things that had happened there. But um, the captain knew him. He was getting old. He was Coast Guard in Vietnam in the Coast Guard. And... Uh, and a friend of mine served under him, Bobby Sweeney. They call him Captain Fidget. He was always fidgeting around and looking around and jumping around. And uh, he and I in the wheelhouse, and he wasn't doing well. We were in, in a wheelchair. We were at a Veterans uh, Memorial Day. And so we were laughing about the stories the way you would and telling funny stories. And his daughter said, why do you know all those stories? And Norm said, it was Wolfie who was on the boat with me. She said, oh, my God, those are legendary stories. Those are how life-saving, famous stories. And you guys are just laughing about it, thinking it was a joke. And I said, geez, you never thought of it in those terms when you're doing it. You know, I'd say, this is going to be legendary. I was thinking, I'd just like to get home alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, that's the way to be, you know. And, Wolfie, I, maybe I'll share this story. I fell off one of those boats once. I fell oh, off geez. the Nora Vittoria way back in the day. And uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll summarize the story real quick just because it was worth Obviously, I'm here telling you about it, so you know it worked out well. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, on the, uh, what, the Nora Vittoria, this was back, oh, goodness, early, middle 2000s, I want to say, prior to 2010 for sure. Uh, you know, fresh face, peach fuzz power play on my part out there. And uh, we were actually cleaning up. We had a, a minor gas spill. It was uh, running down the, uh, the safety beam right along the starboard side. And uh, Captain put the call out. We got down there. We got those uh, safety cleanup pads trying to keep the uh, fuel from going in the water underneath the Mystic River Bridge, Wolfie. Oh, my God. First and oh foremost, God. if you folks know anything about what that bridge is all about, the water underneath, not exactly inviting. <laughs> no, sir. So long story short, somehow Benny's foot slips and uh, down he goes. <laughs> And uh, oh, yeah. Captain was standing right there, uh, Captain Billy. Oh, God rest his soul. He passed away. I don't remember his last name right now. But if anyone's out there listening, BHC Captain Sanchez, Billy Sanchez. There it is. That man was a true American hero. Would ride his Harley Davidson from Rhode Island to Hingham every morning prior, prior to 5 a.m. Would you believe that, Wolfie? So, oh, my God, that's insane. Yep. So long story short, he was standing right next to me when I fell. And uh, he was the first one to toss a life ring down to me. And uh, long story short, folks, the only way back up on that boat was uh, to put my foot in the uh, jet engine, put my hand in the other one, and climb up until the next biggest guy on board could grab me by the belt buckle and hoist me back on. And uh, what, oh a, my what a story, man. Let me tell you, that uh, Mystic River Kid story was born. And if you ask anyone at BHC, they will confirm this story, folks. I promise you, they will. Uh, Wolfie, thank you so much for sharing the history on that real quick. We got a bunch of other stuff going on, too, in the community, and I want to get into that in just a few more minutes. But uh, any other uh, awesome stories to share about the ferry like that? I mean, I didn't realize yeah. you were involved so uh, so heavily. Oh. oh, yeah. If there was a bad storm, we got on a pepper. In those days, you just went in at 730 
And I think, I don't remember now, you came home at 5.30. There's just one run in, one run out. And, of course, everybody, we had family and kids and work and stuff and, you know, doing all the projects at the time. So nobody was up early. So they had a club called the 731 Club because you always running and jumping on the boat as it was pulling away from the dock. But it was terrific. There were about 60 or so riders, um, at least, that were very regulars. So by the time you got to work, you had your roofing, your plumbing, your banking, your legal, your doctors, everything, your politics, whatever had to be taken care of was done before you got to the Nubbles Channel. So it was a really terrific community, and um, it, it really helped with the schools and with the politics and with doing good. And, you know, they'd say, well, somebody had a problem, everybody could jump in and help with the problem. So it really helped continue and form the family that was Hull at the time. And I don't think it's quite as strong as it is now, but it's still um, quite a quite a substantial family that uh, helps each other. So it's not just a an isolated ride to work. It's it's a, a networking time and a doing good time and helping people time. So that that stuff is really important. It really is. Um, it really is, and it's going to be interesting to see how the ferry will evolve forward. As we were just hearing from uh, Chairwoman Constable, it uh, is up for review again in March of 2021, and uh, it just can't imagine that it's going to be a good conversation at some points if this pandemic is still going on, because those ships have a very strict capacity of 400 passengers per ride, including crew. Now, that only works without social distancing, because, I mean, let's be honest here, Wolfie, you're not packing 400 people on those cats with COVID going on. It's just not happening. No, no. but what happened is kind of interesting, and we were figuring, because I needed to take the boat in a bit to do some work, but um, and there was no one on the boat, and I thought that if anybody was going to have a safe transportation into work, it would be the boat because you can stay outside and, and, you know, distance. So most most of the crew that from Hull stays outside 12 months a year, you know, in the Lee anyway. But um, so it was kind of disappointing to see that people really weren't taking the boat to work. People just aren't going in. And, and it was hard fought. Every half a dozen years, we lost the ferry that Joan Machino was instrumental and Billy Golden in the old days was. And then Congressman Lynch had to pull some real strings to keep us from losing it roughly a half a dozen years ago. And we have the parking lot is free. So the in the summer before COVID, if you didn't get to the dock early, you didn't make the boats in. That's how many people were taking the boat. Oh, yeah. There were actually lines to get on the boat. So we finally got to the point where we considered the boat safe. We weren't going to have to keep fighting for it. And and now the COVID comes and wipes everything out again. So, you know, those are tough calls on the T's part. People aren't using the facilities, and, you know, it's hard to keep everything afloat, as they say. Yep, and, yep. And, and like we were seeing in the reports, I mean, even on their good days when they had full capacity, they were still losing a fair amount of money with the ferry service. But it holds the title of being one of the only ferry services in the country that operates the way that it does. And that's important. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose a lot of history on that. And, folks, again, you're listening to The People's Truth here. Benny Rabbi here. We're talking with Craig Wolfie of the American Red Cross in the town of Hull and general ferry enthusiast. I had no idea you were such a historian on the subject, Wolfie. Yeah, yeah. The, the classic thing when everyone got on the boat in the morning at 730, it was a little sheltered. It's out of Pimpin' Pier where the Hull Lifesaving Museum boathouse is. 
and the lobster fishermen are there. And the McDivitts, when we were kids, the McDivitts, who um, the father was the harbor master, they lived out on Pettock's Island in the old army houses. And every single morning they had an open dory with like a 20-horsepower motor and three or four young kids from grade school out to high school. We followed up. We'd come across the, the gut. Regardless of the weather and the winter and the thing and the storms, oh my God, were those rugged kids and they went to school. So that became part of the family too. And and um, McDivitt is a Christian Marine. He has a massive uh, Marine company right there in the end of Hull now that continued the tradition. His mother was a tugboater. She was the original tugboat Annie, and the father was a harbor master, a Navy guy. And boy, were they interesting characters. So there's another history that. Is kind of kept alive. That was, you know, part of the commuter boat thing because we all knew each other because of the commuter boat. Absolutely, so, and those I, are nice histories. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And even just being a former employee, and uh, I, I can tell you the same exact thing. There were some days you had celebrities come through just on the down low, just you know, on their way in or out of town, and you know, the whale yeah. watches. Oh man, the whale watches! I can't wait to tell everybody the stories of the whale watches. Boston Harbor Cruises, and hopefully this little uh, conversation that we're having will very at least spark the interest of folks who have maybe not experienced the ferry before to maybe go out, grab a couple tickets, and take that ride. It's just such a scenic one as well. Wolfie, we are coming up on our halftime break. You want to hang with us for a little longer? Sure, sure. Uh, all right. We'll talk about some of the uh, Feed the World and Save the World projects. That's right. we got to save the world still, folks, on top of the ferry. we still got to save the world. Wolfie, hang tight with us. He's going to stay for another segment. You are listening to The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM, WATD. Benny Rabbi, your host. Craig Wolfie, your guest. And man, we're having such a conversation. If you want to join in, 781-837-4900. back. Welcome to 95.9 FM, WATD People's Truth. We're here chatting it up with Craig Wolfie, saving the world one day at a time and sharing stories of the ferry and what we can expect to see moving on into the future. Craig Wolfie of the American Red Cross, welcome back. A uh, friend of the South Shore, the North Shore, WMEX, good guy land, and now saving the world left and right again. And it's not even daytime, Wolfie. Yeah, it's, uh, just, it just, it says, Jan, I can't say it on the radio, but as Janice said, it's all the same something day. <laughs> just keep going and going and going. I think Janice said that best. But, um, you know, through the Veteran Voice Network, which, which Ben A. Rabbi is a big part of that, um, we've really been doing a lot of good things. So we have a couple of events coming up that um really fun. So on December 19th at the Brockton VA Medical Center, Every year, oh, geez, I could tell this story really quick. Um, when I was, my dad was a Normandy invasion um, army, and the Jewish war vets, every Christmas Eve, because we weren't doing anything, went to the West Roxbury VA hospital. Our house was so full of Christmas presents you couldn't even get in. So every Christmas Eve, since we were little kids, my sister and I went to that, and boy, was that a dungeon. That's how you could make a horror movie. That was In those days, that wasn't uh, Club Med, I'll tell you. It's a whole lot better now. So we were there. So we did that all the way through high school until all, all the, the Jewish War vets were getting old. And 
um, we were dropping off some thank you letters that the whole school system makes up for Memorial Day or Veterans Day, I don't remember. And we were in that old section. Geez, I turned around and I said, oh, my God, I think I'm in that. And I turned around. My sister was chalk white. He still has nightmares from that. I said, oh, I guess this is the same building. So we decided right then and there we would bring that back to life, that tradition of giving gifts for the holidays. So uh, Brockton VA system has some buildings where they really don't go home. So for quite a few years, we've been getting gifts um, donated from the veteran community and our friends. And we give about 100 gift bags every year to the building. So this year we can't go in. And quite a bit of the joy for everybody was having the contact with not me, but Susan and my sister and the grandkids and all of them. You know, <laughs> they wanted to see them, not me, but the gifts. So I said, what are we going to do to kind of cheer everybody up a little bit. So I came up with the idea to have a parade because I run the car show and we did a veterans parade at you guys announced it at the Chelsea uh, Old Soldiers Home. So we're going to have a full-scale parade with fire engines, police cars, emergency vehicles, Red Cross emergency vehicles, and the car show crew and the Nam Knights bike crew. And the head of the whole thing, we're on that committee. Um, they've been on the show is um, Brian Sullivan, Sully, and the crew. They have a halo, a full-scale halo on a float from Vietnam. It's a welcome home Vietnam float. And they play all the music at the time, and there's Robin Williams going, Good morning, Vietnam. So that's really the hit of the show. So we're going to really create a scene, take a couple of laps around. We're going to meet it Saturday. We're going to meet it around 1230. And then we, we did this with a car show this year. It was a lot of fun. We get a big checkered flag. Everybody shuts off their engines of the cars and trucks and, and emergency vehicles, and we drop the checkered flag at exactly 1 o'clock, point one one eleven minutes, we'll drop the flag, we'll count down, and everybody starts their engines at the same time. It's really great. You feel like a lot of noise and revving the engines and being ridiculous. So that really brings a smile to everyone's face. And then a couple people texted us and said that they had family, uh, could we do something special so I find out where they are and we'll stop at whatever the units are and the buildings are because you drive all the way around. We'll blow the horn, make a scene. And um, Susan and my sister, and we got um, 1,500 flags when they took the flags out of the Bourne Cemetery, National Cemetery. So we're putting a sticker on that and giving it to all the vets and everyone who comes as a souvenir for being part of this event, the first-time event. Everyone's already said they want to do this every year. Yeah, so and it, that's it's, a lot of fun. It's absolutely one of those events. I mean, and I was with you guys in your group last year where we did a, uh, a nice little concert at the Brockton VA Medical Center, and uh, Colonel Dave Hank, a wonderful host uh, for all the festivities for the day. We had the live band. We had the World War II veterans uh, give us a speech. It was wonderful. And, uh, of course, Veterans Voice, which uh, is a program here on WATD, Thursday nights at 7 p.m., uh, just a part of a great lineup on Thursday of so many wonderful shows that their whole aim is to help people. And, Wolfie, this is another one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on tonight because that's all you guys do is help people. So how yeah. can, it's not too late to sign up for this uh, VA parade, correct? Yeah, yeah, just show up on about 1230, go through the main gate of the Brockton VA Hospital. It's um, right off of Route 24. I forget, maybe 139. I'm not sure what the exit is right there. And um, 
just drive through the gates, look for Wolfie, the handsome guy with the long hair. And <laughs> as you drive through the gates on the right-hand side is the parking lot. We're going to pull in that. That'll be the staging area. And, and away we go. Some people are decorating their cars. They, they actually emailed me and said, is it okay if we decorate the cars? I said, okay, that's going to be more fun than everything. So we're going to put on a big show. And, of course, we have to follow COVID regulations. So nobody can really get out of the cars. There's not going to be any socializing. There's no tailgate. It's going to be cold in winter anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if the vets are really going to be outside. If they are, it's just a whole lot of beeping the horn, waving and thanking them for their service. So it's it's going to be a, a substantial wild event, but it's not going to be hanging out and hugging everybody and shaking hands. It's still under COVID restrictions. Absolutely. So and- that's the only... Not a negative. We're all used to that at this point. You can stick your head out the window and yell obscenities at everyone. Give everyone the finger, and then you'll know you're in America. You'll know you're in Boston. <laughs> you'll know you're in Boston. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Going around a rotary. Isn't that a rite of passage when you were kids? You had to give somebody the finger going around a rotary with one hand. That was a rite well, that, of passage. That must have been a Quincy tradition. I'm not, I can't remember yeah. that one, but I love yeah. it. I love it. And such yeah, great sponsors for this event, too. Well, if you got the Red Cross, uh, the SAF Veterans Voice Radio Network, of course. you got the Nantas- Nantasket Hull Rotary Club, Disaster Aid yeah. USA. That's uh, the trailer you're always driving around saving people with, right? Yeah, yeah, that trailer is, that's going to be full of flags and gift bags. There's probably going to be 300 gift bags, three bags to each person. And the military, Mass Military Support Foundation, they're now new friends of ours, and they have the coats in the bag. So they're bringing a whole set of gift bags, too, that they had. So that's Don Cox and and Barbara Ryan, that whole crew. So they're now on board. They're going to come down and, and you can't deliver them, drop them off now. So we have all these different groups that are involved in the South Shore Community Action Council. They gave us water bottles and comfort kits, so they're all going to get presents. So they gave us games, and, and of course, my sister Kim, she, she buys tons of gifts for them, and people donate money, and she gets it donated. The, the good news is, is that we're giving them things they need. The bad news is, is things they need are like shampoo and toothpaste and socks and hats and gloves. The first time that we did this, I asked, it's Lan Otis, is, is really a lovely person, and we're just getting to know each other, and I said, would you please send me the list of everything the veterans need? That would be fun, and I thought they were going to say uh, card games and books and, and drawing things, things of that nature, and I got a list with toothpaste, shampoo, socks, and you know me, I got a big mouth. I call it back. I said, for crying out loud, you're out of your mind. You just sent me the list that you're supposed to order stuff from. What did you send me that list for? You know, I'm giving them the needle. And she goes, Wolfie, that's the list. I actually got a tear in my eye. So I tell everybody that, and, and everybody really donates a lot more enthusiastically than if it was just a little uh, a little game. Yeah, so, well, certainly no so game. Yeah, so, so we give them the games, too, and we give them candy and, and all kind of snacks, but that goes to the nurses' stations, and the nurses give it out to the people who can have because, you know, a lot of the people aren't so healthy. There. No one there is going home. It's the spinal units. and the, So it really does a lot of good. And, and the whole school system just gave me another 1,000. Every year they give us a 1,000 thank-you notes, and we usually go in and read it to everybody. So the young kids draw terrific pictures, and the older kids, the junior high and high school kids, they draw 
terrific thank you note. So the, everyone gets a great picture and a great thank you note. Now this year they're going to get a commemorative flag that says the first Brockton Parade on it. So we we put on a little bit of a show. And it's nice to have everybody chip in and, and want to do it. So if you want to come down and make a little bit of noise, and and I'll tell you how I got everybody to come, all the emergency people, I said to everyone, you know, we'll just make a little bit of noise and make everyone smile. And they kind of said, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, well, you want to know my real goal? I guess you can say this on radio. You want to know my real goal is to get everyone to give us the finger and moon us. And they go, that's it. I'm coming. I'm bringing everybody. <laughs> I'm bringing the cavalry. <laughs> that they liked. They didn't care about the smiles when I said, give us the finger and stick that tongue out and move us out the window. They liked that. They said, we'll be there for that. That's always so, a, a, a classy move, Wolfie. That's always what it yeah. is. Hey, if it gets vets out there and it helps people, then I say all for it. Now, all for it. we haven't yeah. even finished talking about all the crazy cool things you have going on for the uh, the Hull community, yeah. the South Shore community at large. Yeah. We got one more uh, quick commercial break to take, so we're going to go ahead and step away real quick for that, Wolfie. But when we come back, we're going to hear all about what's going on at Jake's Seafood, Daddy's Beach Club, yeah. and what yeah. else Craig Wolfie and the South Shore Community Action Council have gotten themselves into. So hold on tight, folks. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Welcome back, folks. Final segment here on People's Truth. I'm your host, Benny Rabbi. Here with Craig Wolfie tonight, talking about saving the world, feeding the hungry, and making sure all the good stuff that needs to happen in this world happens one day at a time. Now, Wolfie, before we get back into it, I want to hear all about Jake's and Daddy's and all the good stuff going on. I want to remind our listeners that this episode will be available for download and podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, the whole nine yards under the People's Truth 33. Just search that. You can't miss it, folks. And if you want to get involved in a future program, you can give us an email at thepeoplestruth33 at gmail.com. Now, Wolfie, we are looking at the 20th of December. Today was the cutoff day, but tell me what's going to be happening on December 20th down in Hull. So we're going to feed everybody that could use a nice hot holiday meal. So for Thanksgiving, out of Daddy's restaurant for quite a few years now, we've been serving maybe 150, and last year was maybe 200, 225 people. And this year... We served 600 hot meals. We did fire, police, dispatch, all the first responders. And instead of 200 meals, we did 600 meals. South Shore Community Action Council donated most of the food, and a lot of our friends chipped in with the food. So it was quite a success. So there was always a holiday dinner in the town, and, of course, they couldn't have it. So it's Actually, while we were doing the 600 meals, I said to everybody, I have bad news for you. We're doing this again in a month. <laughs> they must have said, what? What? It's not, we're not even done with that. I said, uh, maybe it was bad timing. Maybe I could have waited a few days. So Jake's Seafood is one of the most famous seafood restaurants anywhere in the country, if not the world. And South Shore Community Action Council said they had fish. Could you cook fish? And I said, oh, boy, can we cook fish? So we called Jimmy O'Brien up. He's really very generous. And he said, absolutely. So Daddy's is cooking the turkeys. Um, we're going to do that kind of meal. And 
cheesecakes. Jimmy O'Brien is going to cook with Charlie and Bobby and everybody. They're going to cook up the fish dinners. And then we're going to get all the Hull kids and Cohasset football team and the hockey teams and Hull Honor Society and the Rotary Club and all and Susan. And we're going to deliver all those meals again. And my lead-in from that is, so see, I'm getting good with the radio from Veteran Voice, and Ben's teaching me how to do this. And we're now adding to that all the veterans from the Food for Vets and the Coats for Vets, that's Donnie Cox, Military Mass Military Support Foundation. All the veterans are now going to get a 30-pound box of non-perishable food, and from Ocean State, you've all heard the ads for Ocean State. That's where it went. We gave out 4,000 of those buckets at Patriot Place last week, and now we're going to give those to all the vets that are on our list. That's beautiful. That's absolutely that, beautiful. And that leads right into, with Greg, you know, the way his mind works, he can't stop thinking of things to do good for one second. So now we're going to use all of those groups and... The second Thursday of every month, we're going to have a veterans drive-through where they're going to get all of that different the foods that we're talking about. They'll probably have three or four bags and boxes of food. That'll be the food for vets, social community action council, all the people that donate. Then the End Hunger, you've done plenty of ads for Matt from End Hunger. He's been on the show many times. He does millions and millions a year of meals. So those three groups are going to supply the veterans. So the first one's going to be in the parking lot of WATD in Marshfield. That's January. And then February, with the we're going through the VSOs. They're terrific. We're going to do the Georges, both Georges out of Quincy. And Pageant Field, where you were the master of ceremonies, where we had that Quincy Music Festival, we're going to take that place over again and give all the meals to the veterans there. They can drive right up throw it right in the car because it's heavy and COVID restrictions. No one touches anybody. Boom. How many people? We fill the car up, give them a blow a kiss to them. We just say give them a hug. I give everyone a hug. No more hugs. I know. that's One of the hardest parts of COVID for you, bud, is uh, no more hugs. I know, right? Wolfie is a bit of a hug kind of guy, and, uh, you know, for good reason. Uh, Wolfie, let me recap real quick just for context, just in case. You talked about Greg. Greg Brasso, of course, the host of Veterans Voice on Thursday nights here at 7 o'clock on WATD. He has been the ringleader here in the veterans community, helping people out, as Craig was saying. And uh, you guys have actually figured out a way with partnerships and a little bit of help from our friends on how to get these 30-pound boxes to the people that need them. Now, I don't know too many organizations that are giving away anything for free. Lo and behold, a 30-pound box of food and non-perishable goods that are going to keep you and your family going for quite some time. Yeah, it's absolutely. that They consider that for actually two weeks' worth of food for three meals. And then the End Hunger Crew... They have the they have the beans and rice and the mac and cheese and the oatmeals and that's really long term stuff. And then South Shore Community Action Council. A lot of times they have cookies and cakes and breads. And then they have canned foods and they have drinks and and fun of diddles. You had some of those fun of diddles. What do you call those things? Oh, the um, uh, crunch and munch there. Yeah, the fiddle faddle. Oh, fiddle faddle. That's what it was. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I can't eat any more of that stuff, man. <laughs> and what we also do in the theme of the Veteran Voice Radio, which Ben knows very well, Ben makes that whole thing happen, is Greg and I consider it our job 
to trick the veterans into getting all the services that they earned and deserved. So we set up the veteran coffees with Chuck Delaney and all these events in the music festival, and it's really to trick the guy. And I tell them after they sign up to something, I go, we just tricked you into saving your own life, you knuckleheads. <laughs> they, they, said, they said, what do you mean? I got a cup of coffee in one hand and I'm fighting low. Oh, I see what you did. <laughs> yeah, we sneak in all the veterans. But Dave Hanka, with the, he's in charge of the um, VA medical stuff. He's always on the show, and boy, is he a great contact. Anyone needs anything. And then we have the whole crew of the women's vets with, with Carolyn Mason Wally and uh, the whole cast of characters is on the show. So the, the Veteran Voice Network really is a network, and we're able to not only provide whatever we can get. A friend of mine has a, a discount situation. He just said to me he's giving us more antibacterial soap. Um, we just got a 1,000 masks to give out. A couple of friends of ours have restaurants. They give us truckloads of gloves for everyone. So we really give out whatever it is that's needed at the time for the veterans or for the community. We're able to step in and help because of that Veteran Voice Network, because of WATD, WMEX. It all ties into one big family on account of Ben, Benny Rabbi. If, if we're all not doing a little part, if we're not doing a little part, then I can get some sleep. If all you people stop being so good, I wouldn't have to deliver food 24 hours a day. And, <laughs> and in the meantime, and it's funny, I talked to Larry Jesse this morning. I said, I had, a, I had a punchhead Perry in the nose on account of him doing so good. I have to deliver food 24 hours a day on account of him <laughs> having such a great network. And then in the meantime, you know, I take care of the firefighters on the South Shore and I'm supervisor of the Red Cross disaster team. So it all overlaps. It's not like different situations. So I go to a fire scene to take care of families. My whole truck is full of everything. So I want to thank everyone that's been involved from the Red Crosses and to the, the veteran military sources to the radio people. Ben Rabbi has been really instrumental in getting the word out, and Ed Perry, and all that family it, it really makes it happen. So we've been able to make a huge difference. It's not like six meals. It's hundreds of thousands of meals and, and PPEs that we've been giving out. That Disaster Aid USA trailer is a, a national organization, and I'm the only person out of a Red Cross, uh, not Red Cross, and Rotary that does emergency stuff. So they gave me the trailer. I had it one week before COVID. I had it all built out, and I said to Susan, look at this. I built the whole trailer out. Isn't that great? What am I going to do with that? And they said, COVID just hit. So I had the trailer. They said, go pick up masks or food or gloves. or We were able to do it. So that was very empowering. So it was one nice circle of, of things. And um, when you get to this stage in life, you know so many people that people call you for help, and we have enough resources that we can pass the names on to somebody and they call us and say can you use this can you use that can you say yes i can thank you i'll pick it up right away with the trailer so i don't have to join a gym anymore i just load and unload the trailer all day <laughs> nothing like <laughs> pushing and pulling boxes saving people you know it's just the the kind of yeah. guy wolfie is and wolfie we respect you man it, it, all the hats in the room here are being tipped to you the south shore community action council greg brasso chuck delaney the entire veterans voice network and uh i know we're coming up on just the last couple moments here but uh do you even have time for social media do you have any other way of folks to get a hold of you if they have either a lead for you to help more people or yeah. if they yeah, need they help just, themselves they just, 
Yeah, they can just call my regular cell phone. It just texts and rings around the clock. I get the same page as the firefighters get, so there's nothing you can do to annoy me, anybody that calls. It's really funny. One quick thing, I'll give you my phone number. We give the food to the the Shrek Center, the, the um, dispatch centers. And I said to him, you want me to get food to people who wake me up every night at 3 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> How's that working out? Let them eat cake. I'm not giving them anything. <laughs> oh, they're good people. They do good work just like you, man. And we really, we, we can't thank you enough here. We're coming up on our uh, the end of the show already. I can't, this hour just flew right by. Uh, wow. Well. Wolfie, in, in honor of the veterans and for Veterans Voice Network and for Chuck Delaney, uh, the same way we end Veterans Voice, I'm just going to go ahead and give that number out, folks. If yeah. you are a veteran or you know of a veteran who needs that help, that needs that backup, please take this number down, one 800 273 8255 press 1 at that prompt and you will be put on a confidential line with someone who can help get the services that you have earned and deserve wolfie thank you so much for joining us here on the people's truth and we're looking forward to seeing all the crazy stuff you're going to do to save the world bud all right that was terrific thank you for helping to spread that you're very welcome craig wolfie joining us here in watd Folks, stay tuned for Americana Rama coming up next. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for saving the green bush, the ferry. It's all for the people. Have a great night. We'll catch you next week. And don't forget, folks, keep it true.